everybody. Y'all had a good week this week, and uh, feels like fall. I'm tickled to death. Um, we got, uh, I don't know what this is called. Hurry up, Louise, we're waiting on you. Uh, what do you call this, Jonathan? Seasonal job with internal purpose. Anyway, um, Samaritan's Purse, our Operation Christmas Child is going to be hiring some part-time associates uh, through the busy part. Um, there's some flyers up here if anybody's interested in working. Uh, but be careful. I mean, it's how Jonathan started, and look at him now. Here he is managing the mailroom, so you never know what's going to happen. If you want, if anybody's interested in some seasonal work, I know you're not doing anything. you got plenty of time in the evenings. You can get one of those flyers if you want to. The uh, quarterly, quarterlies, the quarterlies are out. Where are they? Where'd you put them? Right here. If anybody wants one, even though we're not going to be doing Sunday school yet, if you want one to take home with you and study and, and read through each Sunday, uh, they're out there in the corner. And then the devotionals are out here on the uh, in the foyer if anybody wants one of those. And we did, I think we talked about it last week, we was trying to figure out if the association was going to do their uh, fall meeting, and we are, and we're going to do it October 6th, if that's the Monday, is that 5th or 6th, which one's Monday? Whichever one is Monday, that's what we're going to do, so we're going to try to limit it, so just the delegates from each church will be there, we're going to do it over at Cross North, I was telling Conley a while ago, we just, we don't have a lot to talk about, we just ain't done squat this year, I mean, just ain't, we ain't had been able to do anything so we don't have a lot to talk about but we do have things to talk about for the coming year and then it's the fifth okay and then they're going to replace me because I have resigned my position as uh, chair of the missions team and they're going to replace me next month so uh, just being prayer I think they've suckered Bob Garbett in taking my place uh, so be in prayer for Bob as he has to put up with them um, if you got your Bibles turn over to Galatians chapter 1 Galatians chapter 1 we're going to look at something uh, and y'all know how I feel about the prosperity gospel. Y'all know how I feel about certain individuals that preach it. And uh, we won't talk about that person. But there's, there's so much going on in this world right now. And if you really look at what Paul wrote in just the first ten verses of Galatians, he's absolutely talking to us right now. If, if Paul was here in 2020 with us, he would point his finger at us and he'd say, you need to read what I wrote to the church at Galatia. And you need to read that again because there's so much here for us to, to take. And there's a lot, so many churches out there right now that have pretty much forgot about the gospel. The gospel. And I've got some stats I'm going to read you here in just a second that, uh, that I found that I think will absolutely blow your mind. And it just it shocked me when I read this about the gospel. But one of the most frequently used terms in the Baptist church is the two words, the gospel. But we say it, but we say it loosely because a lot of people just don't understand what it means. Now, we know for the majority of us, and I've said it a lot, when you say the term the gospel, you are referring to the good news. That's what the gospel is. But there's another definition for the gospel out there. And it is the salvation, is, and this is defining, again, the good news, or I'm sorry, uh, the gospel. Salvation is only by accepting the death and resurrection of Jesus and placing their faith in him. That's the good news. If the gospel is the good news, then placing your faith and trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that makes perfect sense. Now listen to what these stats say about people 
uh, knowing what the, good, or what the gospel is. Four out of ten adults, they knew this. They knew what the gospel was. Now listen to this. 34% had other wrong ideas of the meaning of the gospel. Three out of ten adults didn't have a clue what the gospel was. Even among born-again Christians, only 60% correctly picked at least one of the meanings. So that, that kind of blows your mind. Even churchgoers don't really know what the gospel is. And it makes sense now because we have gotten so far away. The churches have removed the gospel. And we're, we're going to talk about sugarcoating and prosperity and all that here later. But the church, the preachers, I, I, I will have to actually back up and say the pastors, the preachers, and even evangelists out there right now have taken the gospel out of the Bible. They make it more worldly. They're, making it, they're tailoring the, the Bible to fit the church and to fit their needs. And we're not to do that. And so Paul's telling us here, and we're going to read it here in just a moment. He's telling us what the gospel is and how to be careful about these false prophets, these false teachers, these false churches that are out there. They were in Paul's time, and they are abundant right now in our time. There are so many churches out there right now that, look, Reed, I forgot about this. There's so many churches out there right now that are preaching prosperity and they're not preaching the gospel of jesus christ anymore and so we're going to we're going to fix that hopefully and we're going to pray we're going to pray hard that the holy spirit would condemn and convince and and absolutely work on the hearts of those those men that well and the others that are out there trying to preach these gospels there, there's several different gospels i gotta throw this plug in real quick sorry rita i said it up there so i forget and i still forgot um don't forget your baby bottles there we're going to take them up first sunday in october so fill them up bring them in so we're going to be over here in galatians and i, and I want to i want us to stand and read this and we're going to really pick apart any other gospel because that's what paul talks about any other gospel if you've got your bible galatians chapter one verse one paul an apostle not of men neither by men but by jesus christ and god the father who's who raised him from the dead and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are, we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, say, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that, ye have received let him be accursed for do i know for do i now persuade men or god or do i seek to please men for if i yet pleased men i should not be the servant of christ let's pray father this morning uh, lord i just i pray lord for a touch this morning i pray that each one that's here can listen uh, with their heart Lord, and, and understand and discern what the true gospel really is, that it is about your son, Jesus Christ. It is about his death on that rugged cross. It is about that resurrection Sunday that took place, Lord, and it is about 
the fact that he is alive and he is well and he is at the right hand of you right now. Father, I pray each one of us understand that and know in our hearts what the true gospel of Jesus Christ really is. Lord, it's not about uh, prosperity. Lord, it's not about sugar and It's not about taking uh, sin and hell and death out of the word of God. Lord, it's about preaching it. And, and preaching the fact that sin is real and hell is real and death is real. The devil is real. But Lord, so is your son Jesus. He is real and again, he is alive. And I pray we can better understand that today as we look at your word. Lord, we thank you for the words of Paul. Thank you for blessing that man to, to pin down so much that we rely on right now. Lord, and I pray that again that you would bless our time together as a church and as a congregation. And those that may be listening uh, this morning online. We do love you and we do thank you. I'll list your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. Now, again, there's, there's four things that Paul tells us over here in Galatians that, that we can take. There's four things that he is telling us, four points about the gospel and what it is to mean, what we should be taking from this. In these verses this morning, Paul is telling us, number one, the gospel needs no addition. We don't need to add or subtract, especially add to the Word of God. We're, you're going to get your tail in in trouble if you try to add to the Word of God. Don't touch it. It's perfect. The person that wrote it, that inspired it, was perfect. Don't mess with it. I'm not going to get on a soapbox this morning and talk about all these other different versions of the Word of God. I won't do that this morning. But they're wrong. They have taken the blood out. When you go into some of these different versions of the Bible and it doesn't talk about the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ, it ain't the Bible. Folks, I don't know what trash that is, but it's got to go. When you take the blood out of the Word of God, it ain't the Word of God no more. It's something man-made. And there is no spirit in that. I don't know how people can be saved. When the preaching of Jesus Christ with no blood is in it, you can't be saved. I don't know what you call that. Now look at verse 6 and 7 again. It says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now these false teachers are not really denying the gospel message. If you read it in the way that Paul wrote it, they're not denying who Jesus is. They're not denying the blood. They're not denying uh, who, the Holy Spirit. They're not denying any of that stuff. But what Paul is telling us and what he's telling the Galatians here is we can make it a little bit sweeter. Yes, Jesus is who Jesus says he is. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God. We know that. But let's make it a little sweeter. Let's add a little bit more to it. Let's fluff it up just a little bit. That's what Paul's telling the Galatians, and he's saying be careful with that. Now, if you go back and you look at the way that he starts in verse 3, he says, Grace and peace from God the Father. Grace and peace. When you read grace and peace, you know right from the start that he's talking to two different breeds of people. He's talking to the Jews and he's talking to the Hebrews because that's the way that they would greet each other. So he has these, these two groups among some other people that are easily persuaded. So people could come in and start preaching Jesus, but then they can start throwing their own stuff in. And so they're young. That's what scares me about uh, people that are that are new in the faith, people that just come to know Jesus Christ, is they're they're immature, they haven't matured, they're not aged yet, they're not grounded in the Word of God, so they're easily convinced of something totally different. So if the Word of God is not preached consistently behind the pulpit and taught in our Sunday schools, then they're going to take whatever you tell them and run with it. 
and they're not going to know the difference. That's why you got to use discernment. That's why you got to know what the Word of God says. That's why you got to study it. The Bible tells us, study to show thyself approved. We have to do that so that we can better understand what's being taught and preached out there. We have to. So always remember that. Study to show thyself approved. Now, they wanted to improve the gospel by adding things to it. So what they were wanting to add to it was some new requirements, some new ceremonies, some new standards. So it was almost like they were trying to take some of that old law from the Old Testament, some of those Mosaic laws, and kind of pump it back in to the gospel, which we know is not needed because we're under the age of grace now. When Jesus was resurrected, we fell, we fall into the age of grace. So that Old Testament Mosaic stuff doesn't matter to us anymore. But yet, people are so hooked on it, they want to try to pump it back in because it made more sense to them because it wasn't a new thing. It was an old thing that everybody understood. So they was wanting to pump it in and make it better. It don't work that way. It doesn't matter anymore because we are under grace. Jesus died for us, so we don't need to worry about the law of Moses anymore. It's like they're saying, we believe in Jesus, but we've got more to add to it than what you already know. There's more to this. No, there's not. There's not more to it. What you read is what you get. You don't need to add more to it. I remember this, this guy, he, it, it absolutely shocked me. I seen him at Dollar General a couple of years ago. We used to be on the fire department together. I always thought of him as a godly man. We would sit and we would, we would talk Bible and we would talk about Jesus and just he had a great testimony. And I seen him at Dollar General a year or so back. And he said, you still preaching? I said, yeah. He said, where are you at? And I told him I was up here. And he said, yeah, I, I don't go to Baptist church anymore. I said, why not? He said, it's just too easy. He said, y'all make salvation way too easy. I said, because it is that easy. We don't make it easy. God made it easy for us because he wants everybody saved. So what if he said you've got to have a doctorate in theology to be saved? Well, hell's going to be stacked up like cordwood full of people. It's not hard. Jesus didn't want it to be hard. God had no intentions of making salvation hard. So why add to it? Why try to sugarcoat it and try to make it any? You can't make it any more simple. I mean, it's, it's the, the ABCs of salvation. Admit, believe, confess. It's very simple for us. So why try to add to it? Why try to make it? When you add to it, you actually make it harder than it is. And, and we ought not be doing that. And it is dangerous business doing that. Now, that word in verse 7, pervert. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of this, and listen to it. To cause to turn from what is considered right, good, or true, to misdirect, to lead astray, to corrupt, to pervert the Word of God. Pervert means to cause to turn from what is considered right, good, or true. This right here is right, this is good, and by George, this is true. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God. Don't mess with it. Don't pervert this. Don't mess this up. You mess this up, you're going to send a lot of people to hell. You mess this up, you're going to ruin a lot of testimonies. You mess this up, you're going to ruin your testimony. Don't mess this up. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Read it as is. All right? Get a lot of omes this morning, I'm afraid. Not, not amens. Paul says that, this new gospel is a fake gospel. This new gospel is not true. This new gospel is counterfeit. 
And he's telling the Galatians, leave it alone. Don't listen to them. Y'all may have been in some areas where you've been, maybe you visited a church before. You're on vacation or something, or you go visit for whatever reason. You go to another church. And have you ever just got that gut sick feeling something ain't right? Whatever's being said back here ain't right. Whatever's being said just ain't what you grew up knowing or reading or understanding. That's called discernment. And that's called conviction. And when you feel that down in you, you get up and walk away. <laughs> get out of that mess because you know it ain't right. That's the Holy Spirit saying, somebody's perverted that. Somebody's changed that message, so be careful with it. It's fake, it's counterfeit. Number two, changing the gospel, that's serious business. That's that, what, what we got out there, the Book of Mormon, and then there's these other, I can't remember what they're called now. They found other books of the Bible, supposedly, out there that didn't fit into the canon here, and so they're, yeah, the, there's stuff out there. That's dangerous. Changing the gospel is serious business. You cannot add to it. And again, you can't take away from it. Look at verse 8 and 9 one more time. It says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Two verses back to back, almost identical, which means take note. Don't listen to them. If they're preaching something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't listen to them. If they're preaching and promoting Mary over Jesus, don't listen to them. If they're preaching and promoting John or Paul or Peter over Jesus, don't listen to them because they have perverted the word of God, because they have put those individuals, those earthly individuals above my Jesus, and we don't do that. They are special people. Peter is a great preacher. Paul was a great missionary. Mary was a great mom. John was a great person. But they ain't better than my Jesus. When people start preaching these worldly names, you need to get away from it. Stay away from it. Ignore it. And don't get your family involved in that mess. And I ain't going to get on different denominations and Catholicism and all that mess this morning, but stay away from that stuff. Stay away from it. The Bible doesn't change. What's the Bible do? It changes us. That's what it's supposed to do. When you get down and, and you do your studies in the morning, whenever you do it, and you open up your Bible and you're reading the Word of God, you don't change the Word of God to fit your life. The Word of God is made so that you would change your life. The Word of God was written so that we could be better people, that we as a church could be better Christians. We would be more neighborly. We would be more loving. We would be full of more joy. Don't try to tweak the Bible to fit your life. You change your life to fit that Bible. And I promise you things will be better. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. It's perfect. Every word of God. From end to amen is perfect. And it is pure and it is right. And it was inspired by God. So you know that it's going to be right. In verse 8, Paul prays for a curse on anyone, including himself, that changes the gospel. Now, if you think about this, the problem with 
with another gospel is not only that it's a bad idea, but it lacks power. And it lacks, well, it's just dangerous. There's no power in it. I've got, I think I told you all this. My, I can't, my boss went somewhere, and he was trying to, to promote Holy Land tours. And he ended up in a park. He was in a church parking lot, but it was a Baptist church, I'm pretty sure. But some guy came up and gave him a Book of Mormon in the parking lot. And so I've got it at the office now, and I tend to always lay it out when his, when his parents are going to come by and visit with him. I always lay the Book of Mormon on his desk to make them think. At one time I had it in Sasquatch's hand. I thought that was pretty funny too. Sasquatch is a Mormon. But we have this book of Mormon, and you read this thing, and it's scary that people believe in this. People believe what was written and believe that it's part of the Bible or an extension of the Bible. There is no extension of the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. You don't need anything else. There is nothing else out there that has, God has inspired but these 66 books in the Bible. These 66 letters right here. Now, in our sensitive English translation, we lose some of that heat that Paul has. Paul was mad. Now, when you read this, he does, Paul always starts out the way that, that they did back then. He always starts out with that greeting, greeting to the church. But Paul gets a little irritated. Paul's pretty upset. Paul had a, a good work going on. Paul seen salvation. Paul seen churches built. Paul was used by God as a missionary over here in Galatia to, to build this church, to plant this church, and to see people saved. But he got upset when they started perverting and they started using other versions, not other versions of the Bible, but adding to the Word of God, adding to the Gospel, and he's upset. So, the literal translation from the scrolls that, that the King James was translated from, they don't use the word accursed. The literal translation is damned. It's damned, not accursed. It's the same thing, but if you put it the way that it was in the scrolls, it would read like this, Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be damned that is harsh Paul was mad I would be mad too it would be just like right now we've got the little church thing going on in Scotland and we trust Kenny uh, the pastor over there to be preaching the gospel we've put a lot of faith and a lot of prayer and a lot of time into this church plant but it would be like the association and some of us that are helping promote this thing and, and really wanting to see this thing take off, finding out that he's preaching out of or adding more to the gospel or he's saying things that are not of God. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'd write him a letter. I don't even think I'd send him an email. I probably would too because I, wanna, I like a paper trail. But I'd probably light him up. I'd probably, and I'd try to use grace the best I could, but I'd light him up. That's what Paul's doing. He's kind of lighting them up with a touch of grace. And he's trying to get them back where they needed to be, where they're supposed to be. Paul's saying these people were, will be damned. They'll be separated from God and eternally punished. These people that are perverting the word of God are going to be punished. And I don't know how we're going to go through line after the rapture and we're all called up and we get to see God face to face. I don't know if we're going to be in alphabetical order or what. 
But whoever comes after the S's, you better be careful. Because <laughs> whoever that Joseph Smith feller was, he's got a lot to answer for for <laughs> some things he wrote. Just remember that. I heard somebody say that one time about Bill Gaither. <laughs> Y'all know who Bill Gaither is? For some things that he said and done and how he's a prosperity singer. Yeah, whoever whoever comes after the G's, <laughs> you're going to be a while in line <laughs> before you get to see God. But we've got to be careful with that. We ain't going to be doing that. But there are people out there that are trying to make a dollar off of the Word of God. And so they're going to come up with a, a new translation or come up with these new ideas to help sell it and make money off the Word of God. And he's saying that they're going to be accursed. They're going to be damned for doing that. Paul's not talking about the church smacking their hand. He's not saying calmly, why did you add those words in there and then the church come up and pop him on hand and said, don't do that. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's, Paul's a little upset right here. His, his, the way he's writing this, he's mad. He's praying for God's final damnation and wrath on people who changed the gospel. I believe there's going to be a lot of people, I believe they'll be in heaven. But I believe they're going to have to answer for what they have done, what they have said, what they have added to, what they have tried to, how they've tried to manipulate the word of God. That's just me. And I doubt those people who followed David, I've done some, I, my, my nerdy side came out this week, and I've done a little research on some cults that have been, that, that we all can probably remember. But you guys remember David Koresh? Y'all remember the Waco, Texas thing back in 93? Yeah, I remember that. You know, I doubt those who followed David Koresh in that compound in Waco, or the, 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 the people that followed that, the, I remember this one the best, because I thought it was hilarious, that Marshall Applegate, Remember that, that guy, oh, what was, I forget what it was, Heaven's Gate Cult, back in 97. You remember, they, they, they all got together and they was looking for E.T. up there in that comet's tail. You remember that? I thought that was hilarious. But I really, truly doubt that they're going to find themselves excused because of how serious they was about following these men. I don't know, I don't know that God was even in what they were doing, these cults. They were dead, and when I say dead serious, I literally mean dead serious. They killed themselves. They were dead serious. They were so serious about, uh, uh, over there in Waco, they were so serious about uh, finding E.T. in that comet's tail. They were so serious about this. Why can Christians not be that serious about God? Why can Christians not be that enthusiastic, enthusiastic about Jesus Christ? Why are we not out and about and, and, and promoting Jesus the way that they were promoting these cults and the things that were going on. I can't, I can't figure it out. We ought to be that excited, but, but we're not. And those that led them, they're going to they're going bear some great judgment. But they are right now, probably. Great judgment for the way that they manipulated and the way that they turned these people away from God and they used, I don't know what all they used, to get people convinced that they were right and to do what they did and to kill themselves off? That's wrong. Now, one of the modern uh, alteration of the gospel is preached in order uh, to fit Christianity in a money-oriented society. You know where I'm going with this one. Prosperity gospel. It's sad. It is so sad. And Preacher Paul uh, Graybill, he sent me something last night. And it is a list, and it's pictures 
of all these preachers in the world right now and their net value. And I'm reading about preachers, and it gives their name, and it says prosperity gospel, and it says how much they're worth. And when you see a preacher worth 50 and 60 million dollars, there's a problem. There's a huge problem with that. We've got to be cautious about that. The prosperity gospel, and let me, I talk about it a lot. I don't know that I've ever defined it for y'all. Some of y'all may know what it is, but I want to give you kind of a definition of what prosperity gospel is so you'll better understand it next time I you know, bash Joel Osteen. It says it's based on the idea that God wants to bless you so you can only expect good things from him if you only follow him. That's what prosperity gospel is. So they're preaching goodness constantly. They're preaching all the good things that we read in the Bible. They're preaching that nothing will ever happen to you if you believe in God. But what I'm afraid of is those people that are preaching prosperity have absolutely never read the Bible. My Bible tells me that I'm going to suffer. My Bible tells me that I'm going to go through some tribulations. My Bible tells me that I'm going to die. But what my Bible also tells me right here is that I'm going to overcome it. Because of Jesus Christ, I will overcome all the negative things, all the bad things in this world. I will overcome it through Jesus Christ. They're leaving that little part out. All they're telling you is trust in God and he'll bless you. Trust in God and he'll get you a new house. Trust in God and he will automatically give you that new car. That's what they're promoting. That's what they're pushing. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. What we need to be saying is trust in God and he'll be with you. Trust in God and he'll give you comfort. Trust in God and he'll give you that peace. Just trust in God and you'll have a friend. Yes, he will bless you. I promise you that. He will bless you. But it might not be in that new house. Might not be a new bear dog, Nat. We can pray. We can pray. It might not be the good things that these people are preaching. We know that it ain't going to happen with the snap of a finger, or the wave of a wand. But I do know that I'll be an overcomer because of Jesus Christ. I will overcome the things that I'm going through in my life. Number three. Brace yourself for this one. Only the gospel saves. Did y'all know that? Only the gospel saves. Go back over to verse 4 and 5 again. It says, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul reminds the Galatians right here that it was Christ. He said, Who gave himself of our sins. He's reminding them that it was only Jesus that gave himself for our sins. Only Jesus. No other man, no other woman, no other thing, no lamb, no goat, no calf, no nothing. But Jesus gave himself for our sins. And Paul wants them to remember that. Verse 4 says, who gave himself for our sins? So he's taking them back to the basics. Sometimes that's where we need to be, ain't it? Sometimes we've got to go back to the basics. Sometimes we've got to stop getting so deep into theology and go back and just remember Jesus saves. Sometimes we just forget that. We make it so difficult, so hard. 
but it's so simple. Jesus saves. Now, as Christians here in America, we believe in the, in the freedom of religion, and I'm proud of that. I, I am proud of that. I, I'm proud to live in a country where we're a melting pot of, of religions that come in. Now, I don't support all of them, but I'm proud that we're a country that we don't go out and persecute. The Baptist church down the road doesn't go up to the Methodist church or down to the synagogue with the Jews and burn crosses in their yard or vandalize their building or catch them out on the sidewalk and beat them. That's not the country we live in. God's blessed us greatly. But we need to realize that that doesn't make all religions equal. Yes, we live in a melting pot. Yes, we allow every thing to come in here and they can worship the way they want to worship but that doesn't mean that we support what they're worshiping we got to remember that we don't res- we don't support those religions that are out there and i've told you all this before i always say it religion will send you to hell it's about that relationship if they ain't preaching relationship with jesus christ then then it's just a religion i don't support that at all but doing so, we're not defending that all religions are the truth, and we've got to be careful because they're not the truth. Jesus is the truth. The words of Jesus show us that salvation is through him only. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't say anything else about anybody else. It just says, and that's Jesus talking. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Again, no other name. It's just Jesus. So yes, bring your religion. Come on to the U.S. We're not going to bash you. We're not going to protest it. But you need to understand that Whatever you're preaching, whatever you're saying, it's not going to get you to heaven because of what the Word of God says. It's only through Jesus that you're going to get to heaven. And the fourth one, last one, now only the gospel can produce real life change. Only the gospel. It's going to produce that change in you, that new creature, that new creation that you are when you're saved. Only the gospel can provide that for you and produce it. But look at verse 10. It says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. The strongest argument for the gospel of Jesus is the personal testimony that each one of us have uh, whose life has been changed. There ain't nothing better than hearing about how God has changed somebody's life. There ain't nothing better than for somebody just to give give a testimony and say, I was in the dumps, I was a sinner, I was a slave to drugs or alcohol or whatever it might have been, and Jesus saved me. What a testimony to have. And I'm going to read you this this story real fast. It's about Charles Bradloff. He had vowed, or he was a, a, he was a, avowed infidel once challenged by reverend hp hughes to debate the preacher who was head of a rescue mission in london england accepted the challenge with the condition that he would bring with him 100 men and 100 100 men and women who would tell 
what had happened to in their lives since trusting Jesus as their Savior. There would be people who once lived in deep sin, some having come from poverty-stricken homes caused by the, the vices of their parents. You said they would not only tell of their conversion, but would submit to cross-examination by any who doubted their stories. Now listen to this part. Furthermore, the minister invited his opponent to bring a group of non-believers who could tell how they were helped by their lack of faith. When the appointed day arrived, the preacher came accompanied by a hundred transformed persons, but Bradloff never showed up. The result, the meeting turned in to a testimony time, and many sinners who had gathered to hear the scheduled debate were converted. The people that showed up to hear the debate and hear how this infidel was right and how the preacher was wrong these people got saved because those hundred men and women that that preacher brought with him gave their testimony they gave their testimony my family's a witness to that my mom may be listening right now jimmy townsend got up april last year gave his testimony my mom's heard that everybody in that church has heard his testimony 50 60 times he gives it and it never gets old but he gave his testimony last year and that conviction on my mom finally got to her and she got saved she heard a testimony there may be people in here today that's been the same way they've heard that testimony and they got saved when we lose the gospel of grace we lose the only message that that has power to heal. When we lose that gospel, we lose the power, we lose that Holy Spirit, we lose what we need to, to preach. When we lose the gospel, I can't preach. When you lose the gospel, when you manipulate it and you, 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 you pervert it like Paul's saying, you ain't singing, you ain't praying because you got nothing. You got no power. When you do that to the gospel, you're going to lose all power. And you can't pray. You can't preach. You can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. So do not mess that up. Verse 10, Paul tells the Galatians why he's saying these things. Paul says that he is not trying to be dramatic. That's not Paul. He's not trying to be dramatic. He's not saying these things like some preachers would do to get a good hearty amen out of them. You know, because he knows it's a safe topic. You ever know those preachers that tiptoe around certain topics? They don't want to preach about sin? You got pre preachers, won't, they ain't going to preach abortion. Preachers ain't going to preach against the traditional marriage or for traditional marriage and against gay marriage. You're not going to find preachers because those are not safe topics. You'll lose a church member here or there. Those are not safe. That's not Paul. Paul's not worried about safe. Paul's worried about truth. And he wants to make sure that the truth stays out there, that the gospel of Jesus Christ stays the way that it's supposed to be. And that's how we're supposed to be as well. We need to be focused on the truth. And making sure that the truth continues to be preached and taught in our churches and in our homes. That's us. We've got to be more like Paul. The gospel message that Jesus came and died for our sins is the only real truth out there. That's the only truth out there. Jesus came and died for us. Luke 19.10 tells us, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We've got to preach that. Because at some point it was all lost. But at some point, a lot of people got found. At some point, they found Jesus. And we've got to preach that. That unchanging message for an ever-changing world is the gospel. 
our world continues to evolve and change, and it's going, I don't know where it's going right now, it's pot, I think, but it's changing. But Paul is telling us, this world that you're living in is changing, but this don't. This ain't changing, and don't try to change it. Stick with it, and try to change the world back to where we ought to be. Change the world so that it fits the Bible and not worldly things. Mark 1.15 says, And saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now listen to this. He says, Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent and know that he was crucified on a cross. Repent and know that he was buried and was resurrected. Repent. Repent and believe the gospel. That should preach all day because that's the gospel truth. Repent and believe the gospel. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. Repent. Love that word. Repent. Confess. Get it out there to God. Ask Him for that forgiveness. Repent. Believe the gospel. Father, this evening as uh, we dismiss, as we close out, Lord, we do thank you for this gospel. God, I can't thank you enough for the for you inspiring this word, your word, the truth. In my hand right now, I hold the truth. And God, I thank you for this. Lord, I pray that each one of us can continue to use that discernment we talked about. Lord, I pray that each one of us can continue uh, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit, Lord. And, and Lord, the conviction would be on us, Father, if we hear or see something that is not of the Word of God. And Lord, it would get us away from it. Keep us away from uh, whatever's been perverted out there. God, keep us out of those churches. Keep us out of those, those areas, God, where the gospel's not in it or where it's been changed. Lord, I pray for these churches around us. Lord, those that are struggling, their, their numbers may be down, and they're trying to figure out a way to, 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 uh, to get more nickels and noses inside their congregation. Lord, I pray that they not manipulate. Lord, I pray they wouldn't change the word. Lord, I pray they wouldn't change their ways, that they stick to the old-time ways. Stick to what's right. Lord, stick to your word, not compromise. Lord, for anyone that, that does compromise, we know that it's a, it's a long, hard road ahead of them. So, Lord, I pray that they'd stick to the word and stick with what's right. Lord, we thank you for this Sunday morning you've given us. Thank you for this beautiful week. Lord, thank you for the rain. Lord, it's been a lot, but, Lord, you, you knew we needed it. And so, Lord, we will thank you for it. Be with us this week. Lord, as we go into another week, Lord, it's going to be another busy week for some. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue just to, to, to touch and use and work in us. God, I continue to lift up our children. Lord, we can't pray for them enough right now as their, their education. Lord, it's, it's, it's been rough the past few weeks. And, Lord, I pray that you would, especially those in Watauga, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless them and, and use them in a way. And all our teachers, Lord, be with our teachers and our administration and the school systems. Lord, they, they're under fire for so many reasons right now. Lord, I pray that you would just protect them. And, uh, Lord, just give them discernment as they make decisions that's going to affect not just the lives of our children, but, Lord, the lives of this nation because these children are the future of this nation. So, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, continue to bless and use them greatly. Thank you again for all you're doing. All this in your son's name we pray.
Amen. All right, y'all are dismissed, and we'll see y'all in the morning.